Hey, what's up, DBC fans? If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let us explain. Well, first of all, Freddie, the best part is it's free. There's nothing better than using a free, awesome service. To make the process simple and easy, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor helps people find your show by distributing the podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more platforms. Also, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. I like like money. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. We love using Anchor. It's a great platform that lets us hear from the fans and reaction theater with Anchor's Leave a Message feature. So when you create your account with Anchor, you can also utilize their feature and make your own podcast. TJ will uh, be your first guest. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M to get started. This is Dale Jr. and you're listening to Dirty Mo' Radio. Outside, door, bumper, clear the AP. Best car I had here in a long time. You're going to do it. You're going to win it. Right with you. You're clear. Check the flag. You win. Hey everybody, I'm TJ Majors, a spotter of the 88 Cup car, the uh, 7 Xfinity, the 29 truck this year, and alongside me in studio. Hey guys, it's KB, and I work here at JRM in marketing and sponsorship, and next to me is Kylo Ren, the dog. The dog. Brett is calling in from... Daytona. I'm at Disney. That's what I, I left thought. Daytona. He's happy, can't you tell? As soon as Elliot finished qualifying, he was locked in the Daytona 500. He and I both hauled ass to Disney World, and we went and rode rides all night and held hands and celebrated. It was great. <laughs> hmm. Did you teacup it? Did you ride the teacups together? Yeah, we rode the teacups, and then a fire ant bit my second toe. You know, your first toe right beside your big, beside your big toe, and now my second toe Are you in is bigger than my big toe. So today I'm going to have him push me around in a wheelchair or something to make it look even cuter. Why were you in flip-flops at Disney? That's not – you're supposed to be having, like – Well, I wasn't in flip-flops, man. I, I guess an ant crawled down mm-hmm. the leg or something, or maybe it was a spider. You I didn't don't know, know an ant was crawling on your leg and it got first, into your shoe? First world problem. <laughs> look. I can't control the fact that I can't feel something until it's bit me. But it's bit me now, and it's big. Will you send us hmm. a picture? Yeah. What y'all just, doing? Just show, me, just show me your foot. You're on FaceTime. I can't really show it to you because it's way down there, and i got to cover it up with socks and shoes on. So uh, we are in the brand-new redesigned Exalta Studios here at Junior Motorsports, and it is spacious. A lovely couch. I don't have to sit on Brett's lap anymore. And Natalie made an awesome desk. I'll tweet out a picture of it. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's got the logo for Dirty Mo Radio on there and stuff. And Josh is back there. We can't really see the pen marks anymore for editing stuff out. <laughs> every but, time. Every time. Yeah. The beep. Yeah. I mean. The so. So. When did you get back? I got back around 8 o'clock last night. Oh, that's not too bad. I thought it was very bad. I was supposed to be home around 1. Oh. But, um, you know, the rain... The rain showed up, and, uh, you know, it's part of it. Brett Brett basically worked four hours on Friday and took the rest of the weekend off. Skipping around Disney World. Is that true, Brett? Uh, I or what, you work for Saturday? Work at, I actually didn't work at all on Friday. Yeah, uh, was, I worked uh, four hours on Saturday, and yeah. I went to the track yesterday for 500 qualifying. But, yeah, I had a pretty chill chill day yesterday. Yeah. Yeah, it was a interesting weekend. We I went down early for the ARCA practice on 
on Thursday for some reason and uh, survived the Arca Crash Fest and um, made it through the uh, the clash and uh, ended up good in qualifying. So race weeks are off to a pretty decent start for me. How about you? That Arca race has gotten pretty boring, man. I don't know. I didn't watch all of it because I got so bored with it. They got to do something to shake the rules up on that thing. Yeah, they have, like, there's only about five or, there's probably five or six good cars, and once they get kind of single file, it gets kind of hard to do anything, pretty hard. And, yeah. I don't know, it, there, there's just way, there's, the gap from first to last is huge, obviously. You know, there's, so there's pretty big separations in the cars. So, yeah. um, I don't know, it, it's a, it's a weird race. Um, reminds me of racing from way back when just because they can get separated out a little bit some. and But it, it is hard to make moves and stuff. You go to the outside, you're pretty much going to get hung no matter what. So it's basically getting line and ride around the bottom and hope you're up front. Yeah, I mean, just uh, for me, the purpose of that series is to develop your skills. And when I, when I say that, I literally mean develop your skills on restarts, develop your skills, you know, coming down pit road, not necessarily pitting high, but nonetheless, you know, hitting your pit board, getting out, you know, minimizing the amount of time that you're wasting as a driver. And when you watch that two-hour race, it's just cars riding around single file in terms of the fast cars. And so I just feel like they've got to do something to give these kids a chance to get the next step so that when they get to the trucks, they get to the Xfinity Series, they're actually showing up with a little bit of experience. Because what I saw from, you know, watching on TV this week is those kids didn't get a lot of experience. No, the, net, the difference between ARCA and trucks pretty big. So if you were going to step up into a truck next, that's the next thing. That's the next series of races at Daytona. It's a pretty big step up right there. Um, yeah, I think they could use a little bit of some changes there to make it, you know, a little bit more of a more competitive cars, I guess. Yeah. But uh, anyway, what did you do during the rain? Anything fun? Yeah, man. I went to a place called T Breeze Sea Breeze <laughs> Tap House, and I was all queued up to watch. Gamecocks play basketball and the race at the same time and then obviously I just ended up watching Dale Jr. and Clint Boyer on TV for four hours <laughs> while they waited that thing out. Yeah. He was really good in the studio or in the booth. Who, Dale Jr.? Yeah. So like I, I, I was giving him, I watched a little bit of the end of the replays or the wrecks and stuff and I was giving him a hard time because now he was oh no, a wreck. <laughs> that was he, we funny. were laughing during qualifying out there on pit road during it. But no, he did a good job. I think he really likes doing that stuff. So and it's a good insight for for fans and stuff to get somebody that's basically fresh still in hey, their it's mind. Tyler Street. Hey, yeah, there's Tyler. It's when he does his podcast in a little while. We know he showed up late. He's yep, late to work. Late to work. <clears throat> yeah, that's why he cut through the <laughs> store. What's really cool too, man, is like you got Dale Jr. who missed you know half the season last year. You got Clint who showed up half the season. I mean the whole season, but didn't really get a lot of TV time. So it was awesome for those two guys to be on TV showing off their personality, getting some love in for their sponsors. I mean, even though Dell Jr. is wearing a suit and tie, NASCAR fans still resonate nationwide, you know, Mountain Dew and the different sponsors that Dell Jr. has. So I think it's awesome that, that that's the two guys that got to be in the booth and on TV so much during the rain delay. Good for those guys, good for their partners, and good for their fans. Yeah, it was uh, – I think any insight from, from drivers that are right in – that are involved in the action – you know, uh, it is good to have for the fans. I wanted to make it super awkward. Was that pause awkward? I was yeah, waiting for you to say something. Really awkward. <laughs> hey, so how about we head on into spot on, spot off? You don't. Oh, yeah. Brett, Great. you ready to go first? I'm ready to go, man. Let's do it. 
first rain delay of the season. Spot on, spot off. Man, I've got to go spot on for this one. I think this was what? Mother Nature's way of telling us that we don't need to run all of these cup events prior to the day on the 500 at night. We need to give the fans and the drivers and the crew chiefs an opportunity to evaluate what their cars are going to do during the day. It's a real draft. It's 17 cars. We saw Jimmy Johnson wreck off by himself. It shows what some of the handling challenges are coming. So I, I got to go spot on with this one. Um, yeah, me too. I'll go spot on. I love – we need to race during the day, like you said, for the duels. We need to be at the daytime like they were and get a good feel for the car and how the race is going to go. Um I definitely think it's it's way more beneficial for us, and it'll make the – I don't know. I just – it's pointless racing at night. I'm kind of glad that we are – Let me let me in. play devil's advocate for a minute, though, Chris. If, if we had been – if I had been in that race, I would have definitely been spot off on this one because then I would have had to get up at 8 o'clock yesterday morning. So I, I slept into 11 o'clock and then went and watched TJ run his race. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, it was different. I enjoyed it, though. I was I got up excited, so – I was ready to go. 11 a.m.? What time did you go to bed? Uh, 2.30. God. Spot on, spot off. Chase Elliott back-to-back pulls with Boss Mandel finishing out with second. Uh, spot on, man. He's he. They've, that 24 team knows how, to, knows how to qualify the plate tracks, and they show it. So, you know, uh, spot on for them. Spot on for, you know, a young guy up and coming in the sport, getting the front row there and – and Chase is aggressive, so I'm I'm looking for bigger things from him this year now that he has a little bit of a 500 under his belt and a July race now. So I think he'll be a little more exciting this year. Yeah, I got to go spot off just because I think a lot of us had Suarez sitting on pole. I mean, he's in a Toyota. Those guys have been really fast, and it seems like the last, what, four or five years, TJ, we've had almost storyline uh, – pole sitters with Austin Dillon in the three car, Danica Patrick, you know, uh, last year was Chase, Chase Elliott as a rookie. So I think we were all kind of looking at that, that storyline trend and, and thought Suarez was going to get it. But again, you know, what, what we may not say enough is Chase Elliott sat on the pole because his team and Hendrick Motorsports worked the hardest, worked the smartest and provided the fastest race car for the Daytona 500 qualifying. That's a big freaking deal. Yeah. It's uh. I tweeted out last night, you know, even with our second place run, it was uh that's a result of all the hard work that our guys put in over the winter and and research and and put it all together to come down here and run that lap. You know, it's a pretty big deal to do, and everybody wants to do it. It makes Thursday a lot easier for you if you can get on that front row. So um, it's pretty important to do. Yeah, the driver played the smallest role in that pole position. Yes, he had to go out and hit his shifts. Yes, he had to go out and do his thing driving the car, but. I mean, that car was fastest out of the whole field because of what his guys have done. That's awesome for them. Yeah, the driver definitely doesn't do a whole lot here, and the spotter's the only person who does less. <laughs> spot on, spot off. Jimmy Johnson, sixth straight DNF at the Clash. Man, what the hell is wrong with uh, this guy? He sucks. <laughs> what, Jimmy Johnson's going to have to f***ing retire. He's gone to sh already at 20. There's no way this guy oh, can win eight championships. He's making Josh I mean, work. Who, who even picked this as a topic? It's the clash. Jimmy Johnson doesn't care. He took the day off. He went back to Aspen and went skiing. So we'll see Jimmy Johnson again on the Daytona 500, I feel sure. Yeah, I'm pretty sure we'll see Jimmy again. He just Maybe he's just trying things that he wants to try, and it's not working. I don't know. I You know, before he wrecked off a of four, I was watching him, and to me he he was a little aggressive. He was making moves that were making me a little nervous. Um, and, and, you know, I saw it two laps before that, but he was just trying, feeling out what he had, and, 
and going for it. You know, if you're going to do it, that's the race to do it in. So I think you're right. Jimmy will be back. <laughs> spot on, spot off. Greg Biffle to run a limited schedule for 2017. I didn't think he was running any schedule, is he? I didn't think so either. He said he wasn't <laughs> running a full <clears throat> schedule in whatever he said and that he's going to be in the booth for who? Spot off for whoever came up with this topic because <laughs> the, the, Greg Biffle, hey, newsflash, Greg Biffle does not have a ride. So what's his limited schedule? Wh which races is it? He, uh, It does suck, man. Greg Biffle has obviously gotten a little bit older. Still a wheel man. Still a guy that deserves to be in the Cup Series. Unfortunately, you know, sponsorship <laughs> dictates whether or not you have a job. And right now he doesn't have a sponsor. So it just kind of is what it is. I look at him as maybe the first guy off the bench in the event something happens to someone. If a driver were to get hurt or if a driver's not performing well or if a driver decides he's going to up and quit and go back to Missouri and farm, then you got an opportunity for Greg to slide right back in there and help out. Yeah, I don't um, – you know, I, I'm kind of torn on it. Part of me is happy that he's – you know, wait, he wants to get in a quality ride rather than just get in something else just to take up space and, and uh, really not be a factor because he could go get in another car and – just not be a factor um but then part of me is like okay well roush they've had a little bit of speed this last week so it's you know maybe he should have stayed and tried to get something worked out or or something you know and and um i don't know did roush announce anything formal i don't know or was it just what he said <clears throat> i don't think they had any any sort of announcement i think greg did the only announcing hmm. yeah all right <clears throat> Anyway. We are going to take a short break. Shorter than his cord on my headset. <laughs> At One Main Financial, we believe in the importance of community. That means partnering with our neighbors to reach common goals, lending a hand when it matters most, and commitment to our neighborhoods. Community isn't just where you are. It's where you make a difference. One Main Financial, not just in the neighborhood, but part of your community. Providing personal loan solutions and one-on-one -on -one local service. One Main Financial. Your needs, your goals, your dreams. Offer subject to restrictions and requirements of the licensee. For licensing information, visit our website or call us. All right, we are heading into fast lane. So if you never listened to our podcast before, I'm going to give TJ and Brett a topic to debate. They're going to alternate who responds first, and they will each get 30 seconds to voice their opinion. And then whoever responded first will get a 30-second rebuttal. Here we go. Brett, you're going first. Okay, cool. The Toyota showed great speed in practice. Ford won the clash, and Chevy got the front row for the 500. In your opinion, which manufacturer has the advantage heading into the Daytona 500? I'm going to give the manufacturer advantage to Ford because I saw how fast the two car was. We all know how fast the 22 is. I mean, he won the race. So when you look at what those guys have done in the clash, and then you look at how well Clint Boyer qualified, how well Kevin Harvick qualified, the question is, can they break up the Toyota strategy? I think Ford has the ability to break up the, the, the competition, but, Toyota has the best strategy. They get their five or six guys. They get them online on the bottom, Time. and it's hard as hell to pass them. Mm. Um, <clears throat> I got to go with with the Toyota still having the advantage. They, um, you know, just last year when we ran when we ran this year's package last year, they didn't seem to have quite the advantage. Then all of a sudden, they're coming out with a new nose and all this stuff, and and uh, <clears throat> they get their guys in line, like you said, and. You know, they just seem to have a they seem to have a better plan worked up. But you know, I don't know. I, I think it's going to be hard to split them up. But I definitely think it can be done. Rebuttal. <laughs> <laughs> the ding doesn't work. <laughs> right, where, where the 
Where the hell is our dinger? What, what is this called? Verbal communication. We have. I don't know. We have like three foot Natalie headset cords work. right now. I think <clears throat> I think TJ makes some good points. I mean, but at the end of the day, you know, Chevrolet has the front row, so you have to say speed wise, oh, they're right there. But just in the draft, I think the Fords are going to be the strongest. But again, I think it's Ford manufacturer the best against Toyota's mindset. We'll see which one plays out. Kyle Larson was parked by NASCAR for having too many men over the wall with 14 laps remaining in the clash. What is your opinion of this rule, TJ? You're first. Well, I didn't think that it was supposed to be applied to this race. Um, I wasn't real sure. Uh, you know, <laughs> and then I didn't even really know what happened <clears throat> until after like the race, pretty much. But I don't think that's the race we need to be parking somebody in for having too many men over the wall. Uh, you know, I don't even know if that's even a penalty that needs to exist. So. I don't um it's hard for me to agree with that one. Brett. This penalty is excessive. You can't take and penalize a fan base of a guy just because too many pit crew guys went over the wall. If you're gonna if you're gonna hand him down a huge, you know, penalty, hand him down a two lap penalty where he's gotta sit on pit road and lose two laps. Don't DQ him. Don't disqualify his sponsors, don't disqualify his fan base. This is just this rule is way, way, way beyond what it needs to be and what it's intended to do, in my opinion. TJ. Yeah, that that that's a little excessive to get somebody knocked out of a race completely. I mean, you're taking a guy that's out there that could win a race, and if he has a problem, something goes wrong, and you know a guy goes over the wall, and or, or just something like that. I don't I don't feel like that's a, I don't think that's enough of a violation to make him sit out the rest of the race. Clint Boyer didn't have a great year in 2016, but now he has a pep in his step with the new team and manufacturer. How do changes like these help build the confidence level of a driver? Brett, how was Clint on the radio? I mean, look, it, it, uh, it's all about confidence. I mean, the mental psyche of these guys at this level is a big deal. They can all drive race cars really fast. However, they need race cars that will go fast. It's been obvious at Speed Weeks that Clint's got a fast race car for the Daytona 500. He goes out. He runs top ten in practice. He qualifies fourth. Uh, there's there's a big pep in his step. His confidence is back on the radio. It's a hell of a lot more fun running front, running in front than it is in the back. Um, this I think that's an embarrassment to me. I mean, that like last year's whole deal. Watching, you know, uh, it disappoints me to see how last year went for him, and then to come back and just knowing them guys that worked on that car and and uh, you know we're, we're excited to have him, but obviously he wasn't didn't wasn't too excited to have them, you know and. And uh, But, you know, it's good to see him back happy, but I feel like he could have played last year a lot better. When you when you look at last year, he shows up at Daytona two seconds off pole speed. Again, we just talked about it. That's all car. It's very, very, very little driver. So to see him go out, and I think we still finished well in Daytona 500. I know we ran well last year at points in the race, but, but you get fast cars go fast. It's good to have him back in fast cars. It's going to be a fun year, and we're going to whip the shit out of TJ all year. It's going to be awesome. Mm. Jimmy Johnson's drive to become eight-time starts now. We all can agree that he can get another championship, but do you think he can repeat? TJ. Uh, I, I don't know how you bet against Jimmy Johnson. He is uh, he is at the top of his game right now, and he shines when he needs to shine, and that team knows how to get it done. So uh, it'd be hard. To, you can't ever count Jimmy out. So I definitely think we could see eight-time. Can you When you edit <clears throat> this, can you put sounds in? Rebuttal. Josh. Rebuttal, Brett. I honestly, I don't know. Can you ask Natalie? Yeah. Brett. You are up. Well, I think we asked a question and then we answered it. It, it said we all believe he can repeat. Can he repeat? Uh, the question isn't 
Can he repeat? The question is, will he repeat? Jimmy Johnson will win a race within the first 10 races of the season. He'll qualify for the playoff. He'll accumulate as many bonus points as he possibly can. That's the question for me is, can he accumulate enough bonus points for the playoff to transfer him to that final round without having to win and, and transfer again once the playoff starts? But, I mean, the drive for A, people say all the time, we're witnessing history. History is something that's behind us. But when you're witnessing something that is greatness in history, that's what we're doing with Jimmy Johnson right now. Yeah, I've, we. it's kind of like – Kind of like watching Tom Brady play. Some of the people don't like to watch it, but it, you, you you damn sure got to enjoy it when when they're playing, because uh, it is a piece of history that we're watching happen right you know at the present time. So um, Jimmy's obviously one of the best, if not the best ever, to to race in our sport. So, um, but you you he absolutely can win eight. The off the wall topic trending on Twitter this morning. What is the ultimate hangover cure, Brett? Well, I gotta go first. <laughs> well, what did what'd you do this morning? Oh Here. man, um, what what happened yesterday was it caused so many people to be hungover? It's not Super Bowl Monday. That's kind of odd, but uh, there's something called Motive Pure. You can go on Amazon and you buy these little bitty bottles, and they're for uh, people that train for marathons. It's a rehydration tool, and uh, I found it when I started running and trying to get back in shape. But Motive Pure is is definitely the best thing you're gonna find for a hangover. <laughs> Well, I think the best thing you can do before you go to bed is probably throw up and then take some aspirin. <laughs> that usually helps out quite a bit. You, you throw up, and then you take some aspirin. And then you drink a bunch of water. <clears throat> and then you chug some water, and you go to bed, and you just hope and pray. A lot pray. of people drink milk after, the, after they've been drinking. Yeah, I'm not doing that. It ain't happening. But, uh, you know, do you, do you ever try the throw-up method, Brett? <laughs> Willingly? Or do you just... I don't throw up. It kills me how some people throw up. I don't. Mm. I, I I don't. Not a usual, but if I get into like some. The spins. If I get liquor, like a lot of liquor, and mix it with beer, I probably will. They say hair of the dog actually isn't a hangover cure. Uh, oh, that's a lie. Oh, bloody. <laughs> ma- three bloody Marys and you feel good again. That's a lie. Whoever said that doesn't know anything about it. Oh, man. Yeah, I don't. You know, let's. Uh, I mean, can you let us know what to do tomorrow? <laughs> If it works or not. Well, he has the Motive Pure. <clears throat> no, you have the Motive Pure. Are those, yeah. those are like those little bottles of water, right? The answer to this question is prevention is worth a pound of cure. Just don't drink. Just don't drink. Just don't drink. Just don't write drink. That down. Yeah, write that down. Could you all imagine doing this job and not drinking as, as lonely and as bored as we all get at night out on the road? <laughs> uh, what is what that? What was that? Oh, that was my dinger. I found a dinger. Since your dinger doesn't work, I made up one on my end. All right. Mm. We are going into hashtag AskDBC. So producer Josh has chosen a few questions off of Twitter. And if you guys want to submit questions, just send them to producer Josh and use the hashtag AskDBC, and we will answer them if they are good questions. So Plumber Dave 1 asks, are you all over the nervousness and now ready for business? <laughs> Brett hasn't even raced yet. How's <laughs> Brett, I mean, Brett's probably, you're going to have a little bit of nerve. He's going to have a little bit on Thursday, I'm sure, till we go green, just because it's the first time, uh, you know, he's going to line up and race. So um, I, I assume that Brett will be a, a tiny bit nervous, and then as soon as the race starts, you forget it all. But um, what duel are you in there? I'm in the second, and I mean, for me, I mean, this is my 18th season doing this. So, I mean, traditionally, I'm not a nervous guy before race starts. I actually kind of. 
do the opposite. I drink a five hour energy or something that'll, you know, pet me up and I sit back and go, uh, Hey man, I need a monster energy and let's do some jumping jacks and get ready to race. So, but I will say this before we come to the green for the Daytona 500, because we have to get to the roof so freaking early for that race, because there's always dignitaries there and, and uh, big concerts and all this crap. So by the time I get up there and I sit there for an hour and a half and think about it before we come to the green for the 500, I do have a little bit of nerves, but once you start calling the race, you actually put all that aside and then you just, you know, dig in and go racing. And, and by the time it's, uh, you know, five laps into it, you've forgotten you were ever even nervous at all. Yeah. As soon as you go green and hit that first turn and you're starting to describe what's going on, all of it's gone. Like Speaking it's gone. of nerves, are there any new spotters up on the stand this year? No, there's no new ones. There's some that have swapped around, you know, crazy that was doing, uh, Matt last year is doing Suarez. Jason that was doing, Carl is now doing Matt. Monez, a guy who used to spot for Petty, is now doing Cole Witt. Tony Raines has moved over to Kurt Busch. Rick Corelli has moved over to Eric Jones. So to the point of your question, you know, we will see those guys struggle to get their communication right. And the, the thing is, I think TJ, I agree with this, we used to practice hard, and you could kind of get the bugs worked out. Now we don't really practice hard. So their opportunity to get the bugs worked out will be in the duel, and it'll be in, in really the first half of the Daytona 500. And if you don't get the communication worked out by then, you're in trouble. Brett, how long does that take to establish a good rapport with between a driver and spotter on a you know, relationship? Just to, I, I think it depends on the driver's experience level, the spotter's experience level, and ultimately what you're going to tell them and how you paint the picture. You know, I spot a little bit differently for Clint than I do for Elliot just because of what Clint needs. So it's a matter of finding out what the driver needs. But at the end of the day, a lot of times, Kristen, they don't necessarily know what they need. You're going to give them information and they're going to be like, uh, I don't know what to do with that. Well, then you have to go back and explain. This is why I told you this. And it's like, oh, OK, that means I can continue to push hard going down the backstretch and not worry about losing momentum because the car in front of me has a big gap in front of him. So there's a lot of little things that we do that it's going to take some time for those relationships to work. I mean, I'm going to jump in and spot Mike Snyder, who I spotted for a lot, but we've never done a plate race together in trucks. That's going to take a little bit of time. We've gone to dinner a few times. I've told him what to expect. He's watched a lot of film. So the thing is just prepare, prepare, prepare. But if, if those guys aren't debriefing after practice, it will show up in the Daytona 500 when they start making moves. What does Clint need that Elliot doesn't? Uh, Clint has the Adderall. Yeah, yeah. Clint has the worst form of ADD of any human being to ever <laughs> between two feet. So uh, it, it just is that little bit, those little bitty things that you think he knows is going to happen. You have to constantly reminding him. Yeah, I, I was uh, lucky enough to have the guy I'm working with in the truck series here, Chase Briscoe. He came to the roof for the uh, for the um, clash and was able to listen to what I would say and, and work with Alex during that. And it was, uh, I think it was quite a, I think it was a lot, pretty beneficial for him to see how the runs were forming and just see what I would say to describe certain situations and stuff. And I think that's going to be, I think that helps out a bunch for a guy, for a driver to be able to watch and listen at the same time. So that, um, I was pretty excited to have him up there and, and the truck race with him ought to be fun. But yeah, you just always, you know, working to me when you, when you work with a driver, they either, you know, unless it's just. Some of them other deals, you know, the lower end things where you just kind of, they're just looking for somebody. But when you start getting up to the, you, when you get up to the top tier stuff, those guys know what they want. They know who they want. And they're, they're going to, you're going to, you're going to have a rapport but before you hit the racetrack. What's the biggest differences between Dale and Justin? Uh, 
obviously, you know, obviously Dale Jr. just has a lot more experience mm-hmm. and knows knows how to make moves more, and he can he can make moves. Dale Jr. can form his own runs without me. Um, you know, you know, he knows how to form his own runs and stuff. And and Justin, you need to be a little bit more descriptive and and maybe tell him more what to do. Like you need to tell him, look, this is where you need to position the car right now. Uh, and Dale Jr. His it's kind of like instincts to him to where to be, so he already kind of knows it. But Justin's really good, and I'm looking forward to that race as well. At Jstein two three four asks, I don't see Mike Harmon on Daytona's entry list. So who is this year's zero bars? Wow, what are you gonna do, Brett? He's not in the race. What are you gonna do? He's not on the entry list. I mean, y'all well, he went from, in the race. He wasn't in the race last year, but he was there in the car. Ever so. since y'all had dinner together on the lake, he's been in person. <laughs> we we got to get this guy back to the track, man. I'll be bored to death. Yeah, in a Dodge or something too, because that's what he was running, wasn't he? Yeah, he man, was the only know, Dodge. Not, I've, I've not seen a lot of the Xfinity stuff in terms of you know who's on entry list and who's not. But I, I'm gonna tell you guys this: they took away a third of the downforce on these cars, and the reason they did that is because. They're wanting the Xfinity cars to run on the same tire as the cup car. Well, if you do that and you leave all the downforce in the Xfinity cars, their lap times are actually going to be faster than the cup cars. Well, the Premier Series has to be the fastest car, right? That's the attraction to the Cup Series. We're we're the fastest. We're the best in the world. So what that means for this Xfinity race in Daytona, I think, is they're doing everything they can to break up this tandem drafting. When you look at the last several races, they tell us, no tandem, no tandem, no tandem. But tandem always wins the race. So they've got a little bitty rear spoiler on this car. They're doing everything they can to break the tandem up. I don't know what it means for Atlanta, but I feel like these cars are going to be a hell of a lot looser than they have been in years past. Yeah, I was interested in seeing how it works at Atlanta as well. Um, I, I don't know why, you know, I, don't, I just don't know why we just don't let them, uh, don't let them push. You know, I don't, you know, it can only last for a few laps before they get too hot anyway, but and we always end the race like that, so I just don't see why we wouldn't just let them do it. Yeah. At Chaz Smith asks, now qualifying is over. Do crews dial back on speed and go to handling, or is your bet already already made? Uh, no, well, we don't know yet because we really haven't had any daytime practice. You know, obviously the guys that ran the Clash have a feeling of what their cars are going to do, and but that's a different car than what they're going to run in the 500. So uh going back to what we said earlier that's why we really liked that day race with the duels it gave us a really good feel for how the car was going to handle and um you know and it gave us an idea on how the race could play out so you could really work on your car this nighttime stuff isn't doing anything for us handling wise so um i I definitely think you're going to go for handling if if, what do you think dale jr did after that race he he went and he said hey guys I've wrecked the last couple plate races running all by myself without anybody touching me. So I want more downforce in my car. So I can promise you he called Greg guys and they talked about how are we going to get as much downforce into this car that qualified second for the Daytona 500 as possible for this week. So everything that they'll do from this point on will be focus on handling, focus on downforce, worry less about the speed, because if your car's not handling well from lap 15 on, we saw yesterday, you're going to be in trouble. Yeah, you definitely you definitely gonna want to have some handling in your car so you can make aggressive moves and the car stick. So um, I know we've been working on it, so I'm interested in seeing how it goes. And you know we've got a we've obviously got a good starting spot for the duel and the 500. So we'll get out there and try to you know try to see how our car handles and try to win the race and also uh, learn just learn as much as we can. Brett, how was Elliot after D500 qualifying? I know you weren't spotting for him, but you talked to him all the time. 
Yeah, we actually had bus driver Will do practice, and Elliot got three infractions for not following orders because uh, he and Will were not on the same oh page. Oh, my God. And, uh, <laughs> Is Will so qualified Will was, to be a spotter? Yeah, this was qualifying practice. Will was very stressed out, so I had to take him to dinner that night and give him a couple cocktails to ease him back into you know the, the bus driving responsibilities, get him off the stressful spotter side. <laughs> getting back on the bus spot, bus driver's side. But, man, Elliot was stoked. You know, I mean, the cool thing for Elliot is he's a, 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 got kids old enough now that they're going to remember him being in the Daytona 500. And Elliot is such a great plate racer. He deserves to be in this race, you know. So it's it's going to be cool to have him him there and his family there. It'll be tough for me to be able to keep up with him and still spot for Clint. But I've done it before, and, I mean, it. I don't know, man. It's just fun. It's always good to see the good guys get good opportunities. So that's, that, that's a big part of it. That's good. Do you guys yeah. have anything that you'd like to rant about? TJ does. Oh, man. What? I would like to rant about Kyle lecturing Alex at the end of the race. I mean, what, what is, who is he to tell Alex not to take a run at the end of the race? Oh, Bowman. Yeah, second of all, get out of our door. I mean, we had enough of a run to pass you if you don't get up there and door us and hit us or in the wall or whatever. Uh, you know, don't be mad we didn't push you to a victory either. And I think, you know, I guess maybe he wanted to push back from the push he gave us at Phoenix last year. So, um, you know, I, it, it makes me mad when somebody is mad because you didn't push them to victory whenever you had a shot at, you know, possibly winning the race yourself still, even though I don't think either of us would have caught the 22 car had we got together even. But, um, you know, it, it's not his racetrack. It's not his, you know, obviously we know he's going to – we know he's going to have a problem if he doesn't win no matter what. So – um, but I don't think, you know, Alex drove a great race, and I don't remember ever getting any help from the 18 in that race, so I'm really not too worried about helping him at the end. Did you talk to Alex after the race? Yeah, I thought Alex drove a great race. I don't think Alex could have done anything differently. He took every run that he had, and we had some good pushes from cars, and they would hang us. Um, there's nothing you can really do at that point other than to try to gather back up and, and go again and see where you end up, and Alex kept doing that, and we were in the middle, stuck on the bottom, um, got some good runs at the end, and got – you know, we were we were pretty much outside Logano in the dogleg that lap where they wrecked in one and two and ended up third. So, you know, if we could have maybe cleared Logano at that point, we would have had even a shot at winning. But, you know, I'm not – you know, I just don't – I don't I, – I still think we were – at the end of the race, going to turn three, you take your run. You don't push a guy to victory unless it's your teammate or something like that. You try to pass the guy and go get the leader yourself. I think TJ missed uh, the driver intros where Kyle said this is the Kyle Busch show. But uh, I think <laughs> yeah. TJ also that there's one other big point. Everybody needs to understand mm -hmm. that, that we all have alliances, right? We all have affinity toward our teammates. We have affinities toward guys in our same manufacturer. But there are points in the race when all that's out the window. And when you get the white flag, the race is official at any point if the yellow is thrown. The race is immediately for, or the field is frozen and you finish where you run. So to, to TJ's point, Alex has a huge run on Kyle down the backstretch. The white has already been thrown. In Alex's mind, he probably says, I don't have time to catch the 22 anyway. I'm going to try to finish second in the clash. And that's exactly what he did. So I think when you look at Kyle's perspective, it was, man, if you if we could have got together, you could have pushed me back to the front. I could have had a chance to win. Alex is thinking, if I get together with Kyle, now I've got two cars in front of me. If the if the damn thing is thrown, I finished third, not second. So I, I just think it comes down to you're on your own agenda at certain points in the race, and at that point, you're not trying to help anybody. Yeah, not to mention, don't be mad if somebody has a different agenda than you, you know, and, and uh, like, obviously at Phoenix, he had a different agenda than we had, you know, and it would have been nice to get through turn one without 
you know, being we all know three wide in turn one at Phoenix just does not work. Um, I think it's I, I, I'm curious to what ultimately will be said publicly with what's going on with Alex Bowman. I mean, here's a guy that Rick Hendricks has kept under contract mm. for a reason, and he's also a talented guy. I mean, clearly he had a lot of speed in 88 last year, sat on the pole, could have won Phoenix. You know, what? what is Alex Bowman's agenda for the next three to five years? Because I feel like somebody's got a plan for this guy, and none of us are just being told what it is. Yeah, I think he's a he's a good driver, man. I've enjoyed working with him, and I think somebody – I hope somebody can give him a shot or he can get into a solid car and, and keep doing because, you know, I think if he gets into a solid a solid car and can run all year and ha- doesn't have that like, well, okay, I only have four races left, gets that out of his mind and knows he's going to race every week, I think he could – I think he'll be pretty uh, – I think he'll be pretty, um, you know, hard to beat. I mean, I think he'll be stronger when he does that. Yeah, I've always thought he had talent. I think he liked maturity. And I feel like now that he's 23 and he's around a much more, you know, settled situation with Hendrick and with Dale Jr. as somewhat of a mentor. Like, people don't realize, man, when Elliott came in as a rookie, he was 23 years old. When Dale Jr. came in as a rookie, he was 25 years old. Matt Kenseth was 27 years old. You know, Greg Biffle was older. A lot of these rookies, when you look at the Eric Joneses and some of these other guys, man, it's like, wow, they're getting here at 18 years old. And then they lack maturity. So I think when you look at where Alex is at, he may be at the perfect age range to come in here and have a wonderful 15-year career. But again, when are we going to hear what the plan is for this kid? Because clearly something's going on. I don't know. Mom's the word. Mom's the word. What's your rant? Man, I'm so happy. I don't even have one this week. <laughs> I'm ready to get down to Daytona and start the Xfinity season. I think your rants aren't Kristen for not dinging that thing. <laughs> I'm uh, There's still a lot of technology that needs to be worked out in this studio. Yeah, this so. studio, we're getting it. We're still fine-tuning it here, so um, – it's, hey, uh, TJ, are we going to have to take a pay cut because of all this money they're dumping in the studio, or do you think we're still good? I don't know, man. I mean, it's millions of people. We shouldn't have to. <laughs> it's millions of followers. We should yeah. be, hey, if Brett, anything. Brett, do you think we get door bumper clear T-shirts this year? No. <laughs> that tight ass, he's not going to share anything. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. That's my rant. Stop being a tight ass and give me a T-shirt, and I'll wear it. Are you going to wear yeah. it, really? I'll wear the T-shirt. That's why I want the T-shirt. What do you think I'm going like, to do I'm, with the T-shirt? I'm expecting like a... A mirror picture modeling that I can put on my website. Like, Fine. Okay. I Done. just need a spray tan first. What size are you? Small. Okay, I'll bring an extra small. <laughs> hey, I'll say this. You know, we we have waited all winter, and I feel like to some degree, you you look at what happened over last weekend with a rain out and the clash running on a morning, and it, there being one pass for the lead. I mean, I, I watched the majority of the race on TV, and I only really saw a pass for the lead there at the end when. Denny made the late block, block on Brad, and the 22 took the lead. But I feel like, you know, we, we haven't really ramped up how exciting Speed Weeks is meant to be. That starts this week. On Thursday night, we run two races. Friday night, we run a race. Saturday night, Saturday afternoon, we run a race. Sunday, we run a race. So, like, all you race fans that have been starving, this is your week. This is one of my favorite weeks of the year. And, and being in Daytona, man, it just it's 80 degrees down here. When you get here, Kristen, do not do anything that would – you know, end up putting you in the emergency room because I don't want you to miss a bit of the action this week. You sound pumped, man. I'm stoked. Mm. Wow. All right. Well, it is we a good week. He's right. To swell down. So we'll have tons to talk about next week. But um, Yeah, the size of Brett's toe, if it's normal or, 
Or uh, hey, are we know. picking? Are we are, are we doing some sort of a, a competition again this year between me and TJ, or did he suck so bad that we need to? We need to do quit? the competition again. Yeah, let's start again. Like because let's we start need legit that five now. Minutes of you and I just yeah. sitting there waiting for him to make. We don't, his and you answer. can't yeah. pick. And you can't pick the same guy the first month so of the series. The competition. Let's let, let's mm. let TJ make the rules up from the beginning so he can think he's got an advantage. I think that's what we need to do. Oh, wait, you it just can't. You can't show. pick the same guy for the first five races and then go off in another. I'll another need these group. rules in writing so they can't change. Well, we can just leave them how they ended. One guy. We need all that uh, Cornelius V-Star to make the chart. Cause we're Although, <laughs> are there enough drivers to last all year? Well, here's our two options. We can, do it like we, we can do it like we ended it last year where we say we can only pick one guy once. Or we can do it to where we get to pick one guy once up until the chase starts. So for 26 weeks, we got to pick 26 different drivers. And then when the ch- chase starts, we got to do it again. You can pick each guy once Reset to it. finish the season. Yep. It's the playoffs, Brett. The playoffs. I wanted to do that last year, but <laughs> it's the DBC playoffs. Yeah, are we gonna have segments? <laughs> like, do we get points for segments and stuff? That'd be a little hard for homeboy to keep up with, probably. Man, let's don't let's let's don't race winner. This we'll thing. go race winner. Race let's winner race. once until the season starts. All right, Still homies. Playoff. We'll talk to y'all after the Daytona 500, but uh. Make sure you send in your questions to hashtag AskDBC and uh, watch the Kristen, uh, the big race got, on Saturday and Sunday. A, I thought we got to pick a driver. Oh, that's right. We're going racing. Damn. <laughs> Man. I won, so I, I, I won, so I get first. All right, Brett gets to go first. <laughs> Josh just I'm edited himself. <laughs> I'm taking Elliot Sadler in the Daytona 500. I'll, Elliot I'll Sadler. That's my guy. Oh, we're going that route, huh? Yeah. Um, what would you do if Elliot won? Party. <laughs> that would be amazing. Oh, let's see here. He's going Elliot. Party. Hey, when he's almost won, I party. Like, we finished second to Ward Burton. We finished third to Matt Kenseth. We finished fifth, seventh. I mean, it's one of those races that you're just right there. He led the last 17 green flag laps of one of them when Kenseth won that year. Lost the lead going into one. The freaking yellow come out going down the back. Freaking like, yellow. The freaking yellow. Like, I mean, TJ's one. You get, you, the answer to that question is you party. Brett, yeah, how many Xfinity races like am I going to be in victory lane with Elliot Sadler for this year? Well, how many did we win last year? Three or four? Three. Three. Well, they gave you that one. Oh, shut up. <laughs> I, will, uh, I will take his jealousy as a compliment, and I will say that we went <laughs> four this year. That's fantastic, and you are in charge of bringing the cooler so we can party in Victory Lane. I'll say yeah. two because they probably won't give you another one like they did. Oh, so. God, shut up. And I think Will, I think Justin will got, win two or three. Yeah, we got to get Will to do a better job of bringing the cooler. I don't know what the hell he's doing back there at the bus. By probably the end sleep. of the season, I got a drink after every race, regardless if we won or not. So if he can continue yeah. that, he'll have a happy sponsor rep. I have, to, I have to look at, since you're throwing Elliot out there, I mean that's that's a one race, driver, but Brett. that's a one race deal. You know what I mean? Yes. So it's not so that's a one off driver. Like that's like I gotta find somebody in that ballpark, otherwise I'm just shooting myself in the foot for All right, later. We'll enter Mark. Mike. So Harman. I need to see Mark Harmon. That's Mike the guy Harman. on Mark Harmon. NCIS. <laughs> Sorry. Um, I need more coffee. Let's see here. I need another guy down there. You know that's that's gonna him. be in a 
in that ballpark. I can't use a full timer right here. So see, Josh, I'm already roping him right where I want him. I, he's he's thinking what I'm thinking, which is exactly what I wanted him to think. Like I didn't want him to pick a really fast car. I wanted this to be a gamble. I wanted him to make this a race. Oh, I'm willing to gamble. Hard. I'm not. I'm definitely not going to go off and use a use a high dollar guy here. And um, you know that doesn't make sense for me to throw out somebody good <clears throat> who I wanted to use right there was. You know, I, I was thinking about whipping you with like a Ty Dillon or something, but whipping you yeah so let's see you have 15 seconds to pick a driver i don't even know thank who's you Kristen. i don't even know who's in them bottom or cars. i pick it for you no, you're gonna be quiet for a minute that's <laughs> what's gonna happen we don't have all day brett needs to get to disney world brett needs to need work to he's probably gonna go have his job. toe pumped out yeah you need to get that looked at hey wait you tell Kristen not to do anything dumb here you are with the problem he can't help it if bugs are following him yeah, well. All right. So, Brett, do you even know who's in these bottom cars? I mean, I've been standing on the roof for two days like you have. Like, it, is is uh, Timmy Hill in the race? Uh, Timmy Hill's not locked in, no. Is DJ Kennington in the race? Is uh... Brendan Gone is locked in, and Elliot is locked in. The other guys are not locked in. <clears throat> Dang, man. Heck with it. I'll take Brendan. Let's do Brendan it. Brendan against Elliot. Sure. Brennan said he's got tell a big motor, so let's do it. Tell the tubby against the stretch monster. This should be a good mm -hmm. one. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> well, you go to Disney. Yeah, I'm and, going to uh, Disney. I'm going to hang out with Mickey Mouse. <laughs> Thanks to Exalta and One Main Financial for sponsoring this lovely studio and this podcast. And give us a shout on uh, – give us a rating. Hopefully I'm here tell celebrating next week. Tell your friends that we're week. awesome. If I'm MAPS next week, it's because we're pushing a car into the Daytona deal. All right, I'll bring the beer. So. We'll have a lot to talk about next week. A yeah. lot. Yeah. Yep, we will. We have a lot to go down. So. Hopefully Kristen's got the dinger worked out. She brings a little more personality to this show. Hopefully the cords are longer because if you see how we have to sit right now, you would not be happy. It's a little awkward. Yeah. Stop. Yeah. What? You're more comfortable than we are, I promise you. No, his big toe. Little yeah, toe. but he's probably naked. Oh, God. He's on FaceTime Kristen. right now. Is he naked, Josh? No. <laughs> Okay. It sounds weird. Y'all just sound like y'all are in a weird place. We are mentally, it is a weird place. Yes. emotionally. Yes. Well, after a couple beers, TJ likes weird, so he should be right at home. I am definitely <laughs> weird after a couple beers. Definitely weird. All right, y'all. So, all right, we'll, we'll be in touch. Next week. And I'll Holla. see you this week. Peace. See ya. You've been listening to Door Bumper Clear, brought to you by One Main. For updates on Elliot Sadler and the number one junior motorsports team, go to OneMainRacing.com. Thanks for listening to Dirty Mo' Radio. 